Welcome to another issue of the Cool Tools Show and Tell. Our special guest this week is Lee Elman. Hey, Lee, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience, please? Everett Pipe. My name is Lee Elman. I'm a lifelong New York area resident, and I have been uh, working as an urban planner for the city of Yonkers for uh, 40 years now in in sort of worked my way up the chain in just about every position in our department. And along the way, I'm sure you encounter some really kind of cool tools, things that either you use professionally or things that you use in your household. So um, tell us about uh, a tool that you really, really think are, uh, is worth sharing with other people. Well, so there, there's, there's a, a number of really simple, old-fashioned kinds of things that that I have around my house. And, um, you know, I, I'm unlike so many people on cool tools, I, I'm not really a maker. I'm somebody that uses tools like any of us hairless apes use tools. Uh-huh. Uh, there's stuff around the house that, that I've picked up over the years that I think uh, is better than others or just does the job. Um, so one of the very old fashioned things, and I, I brought two of them, uh, are two old-fashioned ice picks. Uh, um, question is, why do I have two old-fashioned uh, steel uh, wood-handled ice picks in my house? Well, one of them is to heat up uh, over the gas range to poke holes in things or to kind of weld plastic or if the kids needed some kind of a, a Western rustic sign made on a piece of wood for a project. All, all things that you might otherwise do with kind of a soldering iron. Um, and the other one, not that we get blocks of ice. Uh, we we are not in 1910s <laughs> where uh, people bring ice up the steps for the ice box. Uh, but you, we do get big blocks of hard Parmesan cheese or one uh-huh. of our, our local kind of gourmet um uh, stores sold really big blocks of really, really good chocolate. And the easiest way to off a piece was to hit it with the ice pick. And so consequently, my kids, as they were old enough to be allowed to play with sharp objects, we go, Dad, can I get a ice pick piece of chocolate? Uh-huh. So that's that's a very old-fashioned thing. And uh, uh, actually, they, they make them in plastic, but I got a kick out of the fact that I've got ones with uh, um, uh, wood handles and like a a steel bolster on the back. I'm assuming that when they originally made a 20-pound block of ice, you probably hit the back with a hammer. So that's that's one kind of gizmo. Right. So for for people who don't know what a classic vintage ice pick is, it's kind of like a wooden handle that just fits in your fist. And then there's a long pick, just like a a very sharp, it's like a screwdriver that's been sharpened to a point rather than having something flat. Exactly. And, and it is, um, of course, uh, shows up in, in all sorts of old fashioned, uh, gangster movies as being one of the, uh, preferred ways. Weapons. Yeah. 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 You could certainly see how it could be lethal. Um, actually there are a number of, uh, makers who have an ice pick in their workshop. And one of the famous one, Jimmy Duresta, who has been a guest on us, manufactures his own versions of an ice pick to use in your workshop 
for poking holes, for moving things. It's actually, um, if you are trying to move something, like say near a saw blade, you can use the point to hold it a little bit and move it so your finger's not close to something that's dangerous. Um, so there, there actually are a number of uses in a maker workshop for an ice pick. Um, I besides think we, the- we all find the pointy thing, yeah. whether it's designed for it. I mean, the uh, when, it'd be interesting to find out when the uh, home renovation world started adopting dental picks to get little bit of paint out of scroll work of Victorian homes. Yeah. So we all adopt something that that works. And do you recall where you found your uh, these ice picks with the wooden handles? These kind of classic versions. Are they still being made and sold? They're they're available. You'll see them in a hardware store. I, I was actually in, in thinking about this podcast, trying to remember if I grew up with them. If it was something that my dad, who did come from the ice pick era, he. He came to America in uh, 1920, but it was likely that he might have had the block of ice uh, in his apartments in the city. Um, but yeah, we can still, you still see these at, at hardware stores. Yeah. You know, particularly the good old fashioned, um, you know, just plain wood floor uh, kinds of hardware stores, maybe, maybe less so the big box places. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a, one of these universal tools, like a knife blade, you want to have like a pick, a probe. It's, you know, the blade is kind of a straight edge long, and a probe makes a little dot, a hole, and that's very, very useful as a general purpose tool. So, Lee, what's the second tool that you um, want uh, to okay. another, another kitchen, another kitchen item, um, really... Um, very, very plain, but I, I would say these are the best pot holders that ever found. They are just a very, very heavy uh, terry cloth. Um, they have little pockets for your hand, your fingers in the back, uh, but I never use that. I just fold them over. The fact that they are rectangular rather than square actually seems to make them work better. They just fold over very nicely, not too bulky. You're able to get a big roasting pan. Um, I cook almost exclusively with cast iron. uh, And so that means the handles get blisteringly hot. So if you're going to hold something for any length of time, uh, and these these are made by an outfit called Ritz, called Ritz Mitts. Could you could you describe them for those people who can't see they're, it? They're about oh, I'd say eight inches, eight inches tall by four or five inches. When hold it up, wide, a little little bit bigger than a little bit. Yeah, uh, and they you know they come in a pair. They have a little bit of uh, what looks like kind of reflective cloth on the back, but I don't think that really serves any greater function than giving than creating pockets for someone's hand to go into. Okay, wait. So, so, so there, there's a little there's a little slip pocket on each end that you can put your hand in, so you can use it to to fold them with your hand like a like a Muppet mouth, or like the or like the lobster the lobster style um, uh-huh. silicon ones. But um, 
you know, unlike the the ones that have preformed pockets, you can use it however you like. And you know, they're washable. They they're they're old fashioned. They last seemingly forever. Mm-hmm. Um and they're they're one of those um things that I found that just seems to work better than the average um decorative potholder that, that you might have in your house. Yeah, yeah. And they're called Ritz R I T Z. Like the hotel. Uh-huh. And then Mitz like uh M I T Z, just a a rhyme on the Ritz. And okay. you know, they're 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 something that I had first found at um a uh, a cooking store, but then also have found that they're available online. They're available on, on okay. Amazon. Yeah, that's that's um uh one of those things that are um I, I know if you get the right thing, something as simple as that can bring you joy each time you pick it up. Yeah, I mean it's it's the same thing with, you know, having a laugh at why do I have the old fashioned ice bits? You know, they, they work. They yeah, they work yeah. better than than the alternative. They they stay where they're supposed to. Yeah. Okay. That's really great. So the Ritz um Potholders. So um, you're on a roll, Lee. So what's what's uh, what's a third one? Oh, something that I actually found um, on uh, Cool Tools uh, that that I've started using that I've told people in my office about. So we've kind of disseminated it out is uh, the Bish Tear Mender, and it is this little bottle of natural um, latex that you use to mend cloth. And it really, it works almost at the level, the speed of uh, CA glue, but on cloth. So you can, um, find, he will have a tear. I usually put some kind of a backing behind something, um, put this stuff on it, butt the, butt the ends of the tear together. And in a minute or two, it's sealed up and it, it lifts. Forever. So, ah. so, um, this fabric tails. So you have a tear in your jeans somewhere. Maybe you caught it on something. You'll put a little bit of backing underneath it, right. glue both surfaces, including the little tear, and then you can mend it. And absolutely without, without sewing. Uh, and as, as a curiosity, I wanted to see how long the stuff lasted. So I had a, a tear. Um, in that, that, that's something that's going to get washed all the time. It's not like you know, anything else around the house. So I, I mended, I mended the little hole with, with this stuff. And I don't know, it's 25 washes or more. I don't know how long it's been, but it just holds up. Um, the, well, and the other thing that's interesting about stuff is not just um, it works, but it's made in a um, a sheltered workshop, uh, I believe in Minneapolis. I, I'd have to look again. Um, it, it's done by one of the um, the lighthouse organizations, the uh, uh. organizations that that employ the visually um, people with visual problems. So along with a number of other things that, that they make out of this place, they bought this brand 
uh, a number of years back, and it is um, just one of their one of their things. So not only are you getting something that really works well, but you're also uh, at some level, I suppose, doing good, which is which is nice. Well, so um, remind me again of the name of this um, liquid. Well, it's called Tear Mender, um, but it's also because of the 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 person who originally made it. It's called the Bish, B I S H. So if you were to Google the Bish Tear Mender, uh, you'll you'll find this stuff. Okay, and and. Um... Presumably, it doesn't really require very much. You're not going to use uh, very much of it, so. Oh, but but you also don't want to buy it in in unless you were using unless you had some special need for it because um like like uh, super glues it does tend to uh, harden up. Okay. So I have a small bottle. I got fair a fair amount of use out of it. But the last time I looked at it, it was becoming uh, a solid right. inside the bottle. So the, the small so the shelf has a limited shelf life. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to keep an eye on. Okay, the Bish fabric okay. mender or tear mender. That's really great. Um, so, um, so Lee, what's your fourth tool that you want? Um, all right, this is this is a absolute weird one. <laughs> we think I, we expect I, nothing less from you. Go ahead. I, I, I they have some sort of my reputation around here too, unfortunately. Um, this is something I wrote up recently for cool tools. Um, I had uh, carpal tunnel surgery. Uh -huh. uh, was able to use my right hand, my left hand. I had a horrible uh, um, rugby uh, wound. Uh, I played rugby a million years ago and. And that hand doesn't work quite right. So I said, uh, how am I going to deal with going to the bathroom uh, with a work? So well, you, uh, how do you do the bathroom without without your hands, you're saying? With hands that were not working okay. as well. All right. Uh, so I bought a um, portable bidet. <laughs> and, and, you know. Uh, when when you when you need a tool, you need a tool. Right. Okay. Do you want to describe what this portable bidet looks like? A um, two um, two piece uh, tool. Uh, it's got a a water container, and then the top piece is the pump uh, and spray nozzle, and uh, you put. A uh, warm water in the bottom tube. You screw the top tube on, and it has high and low uh, power on a nozzle that you can uh, wiggle around wow. to the right spots. Well, so they, they were not always advertising those dumb bears and the toilet paper. I might have been shy to put this up. Right. So, so do you have bidets at home on your regular toilets? Oh, no, I, 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 I didn't. And this was this was a of need. I knew yeah. that I was going to have a problem. Yeah, uh, didn't um the bathroom, uh, the ones you only tie into the cold water either. Right. So this this and this is 
presumably usable, portable, uh, if one goes uh, on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think saying convenient and discreet. Right. The um, everybody that I know who has put a regular bidet on their home toilets have said they're never going back, um, and they have these. We did some for my mother-in-law, these kinds that you install into existing toilets. It's a little right. thing. So what's this one called and and where do you find it? I found it. I found it online. Uh, Google, just Googling uh, portable bidets. And honest to goodness, there is no, um, there is no uh, brand name on this. Um there, there are any number of uh, little battery-powered uh, equivalents uh, on Google. Is, is this battery-powered? It takes two-way batteries. Okay. Uh, and it seems to seems to keep working. Okay. Uh, as I said, it, it worked for the amount of time that I needed it to work, and right. seems to still be going. Right. So, so this is a thing. If there's multiple makers or of them, then it's it's not just a one-off. There's like a uh, it, it's a thing that people do. The thing that people do, and there are ones that are not battery powered. There are uh, little squeeze bottle ones as well. But uh-huh. uh, I knew that that was not a thing because of the way my hands were working. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of it. Um, <laughs> so, so people just have to Google um, portable bidets, battery powered, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. I didn't know about that. Um, it's it's kind of just again for the people who can't see it. It's it's about the size of um, uh, I don't know a banana. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about that's about right, and and about the about the thickness of a uh, um, a large tube of toothpaste. Let's say the right, right. plastic pump kinds of tubes of toothpaste. Right, and right. it it falls together, and it's about I don't know eight or 10 inches long, but uh, the top folds in, unscrews and folds into the bottom so right. that you have something that's about four inches long. Right. Yep. And you can take that, as you said, it's something you can travel with um, if you needed to. So um, that's really great. Really, thanks for those um, unorthodox and unconventional things that we're looking for. Thank you. Um, that's what, that's the big kick that I get out of, out of, uh, all of your your stuff, new the, you know, recommendo. I I, yeah. I put my noise on my computer, uh, and the Bish stuff on on Cool Tools. Uh, it somebody uh, knows for themselves that they want to share with with other people because it works. Well, that's really great. So um, we have a few minutes. Uh, do you do you have something that you're working on or a project um, or something that you are passionate about that you would like to share with us? Well, you know, we're, we're always trying um, in the New York metro area, no different um, in most of the country. We're always trying to create more housing opportunities. Uh, it, it is a, um, a real task because... Uh, the city that I work for, Yonkers, is is fully developed. There, there really are no greenfield properties around. Everything is some kind of redevelopment. And everything uh, that you do has some impact on someone who's already got a home or a business next door. So um, 
it, it's an interesting problem to have, uh, and it's a problem that, that we're seeing all over the all over the country. California, I know that, that Portland, uh, Oregon, uh, Minneapolis are working on abolishing single family zoning as a way to um, as a way to to try to get more housing. Uh, my my city, or we're we're trying to uh, build bigger around the rail stations uh, as a way to help folks out. Um, I, I would I would uh, encourage people who don't know about urban planning and and are looking for uh, a really interesting, wide ranging kind of career uh, to consider it. It's it's a um, I was introduced to it by a high school teacher in sociology who suggested that urban planning, his thinking was was practical sociology, hands-on sociology. Uh, and it's fun because we interact, uh, at, we work in the intersection between attorneys, architects, engineers, the public. Um, couldn't, couldn't be more interesting, haven't had a boring day. <laughs> what, what are the skills that would make a great urban planner. Like if you were hiring, what are you looking for in a in a person? Well, it, it depends. It depends on what area you're you're working on. We do primarily the very traditional um, land use planning. So we we're looking at some for somebody who can or or willing to learn how to read a map, read read plans. Or architectural and and site plans, uh, someone who has some facility with math, but you don't need to be a statistician, um, and someone who has the ability to, um, you know, learn learn something about the laws that that um, back up um, municipal land use planning. There are people, there are urban planners who do nothing but demographics. They are essentially statisticians. There are economic development uh, planners who are, um, you know, halfway to being a finance guy at Goldman Sachs. Uh, there, there's all sorts of. Uh, there are people who are uh, as much an architect as as the architects that I deal with. So, um, and that's that's what makes it so so incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. That's really great. Well, Lee, thank you again for sharing with us, giving us yes. four really cool tools, and we appreciate um, your telling us about urban planning, and I wish you great success back in Yonkers. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great job, Kevin. Thank you. This year, our Cool Tools blog will be 20 years old, which means we've been posting something new every day for 20 years. It's only possible because of the very engaged and knowledgeable readers and listeners like yourself. You've kept this place going, and we are very grateful for you. With this idea of 20 years in mind, um, we decided to try an experiment this year, and I'm inviting our guests and listeners to join me on our Cool Tool Show and Tell, which is the program that you're listening to right now. So if you feel you'd make a good guest on this podcast and have four uncommon tools 
that you'd like to share with us, um, please sign up on our form on the website and we'll see about inviting you. You must be comfortable taking all, talking on a video and um, you need to have some tools that you can show. Um, we record on, as you know, on Zoom. We do a YouTube version, a visual video version of it, as well as an audible version. Fill out the form if you're interested and um, list your four, four cool tools and we'll see if there's a good fit. The applications aren't guaranteed in any way. Um, and we're looking at tools that are new to us and appropriate tools and um, whether the times will work for you. So um, we're really interested in hearing from people all over the world, not just in the U.S., although the tools have to be available online, easily available online. And um, if you are a longtime listener, you kind of know what the definition of our tools are. They're very broad. They can be anything that's handy, from something in the kitchen to something used to travel to a workshop to something professional that we may not know about. We're really interested in things that we don't know anything about. So um, this is an open invitation. We'll give it a try. If you think you make a good guess for this podcast, um, fill out the form. There'll be a link somewhere on our website. Um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Thank you.